If you love business podcasts, but sometimes you need a break from the serious and instructional tone of most podcasts out there, then you need to check out the Misadventures and Small Business Podcast. Hosted by local business owner Aaron Clark, the Misadventures and Small Business Podcast is a lighthearted show focusing on the fun side of business. Collected from years of experience as a small business owner, Aaron shares funny, entertaining, laugh-out-loud stories that he's personally experienced. The bite-sized episodes are 5 to 15 minutes in length, so you can listen to a full episode on the go, in between meetings, or while you're getting ready in the morning. Listen today on Apple, Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Local Hustlers Podcast, your go-to source for connecting with small businesses and entrepreneurs in the East Valley. Get ready to be inspired by local entrepreneurs as they share their stories, mindset, best tips, and advice. And now, your co-hosts, Dallin and Eric Huso. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Local Hustlers Podcast. This week, we're super excited to be here with Gabriel Ugaldi with Base Adventures. How's it going? It's going good. Appreciate the invite. Everything. Excited to be here. Yeah. No, excited to have you on. Grateful to be with you today. Take a couple of minutes and just give us a little bit of a background on your life. Yeah. So born in Mexico, uh, raised in Arizona. I started Base Adventures uh, just to put Arizona on the map, really. I never really had any backing. So I, you know, self-starter. I've uh, always been in sales and I found out investing is the best way to get in sales. You know, it's a little bit of customer service and then you get to meet a lot of people, right? I met founders who would require like a $10,000 investment to even get like a one-on-one with them. And I just became like their cheerleader and then I saw like, hey, there's something here. And I think that's where I'm at. You know, that's what I want to get to. Arizona is very, it's becoming the next Silicon Valley, they say. Everybody's coming from California. So, you know, being the beginner. Be there first before anybody else could come here yeah you know california could come and you know build something but someone from arizona builds something in arizona it's a little bit more meaningful to the people i think yeah for sure to the community so did you go to any school any college uh yeah so graduated metro went to pc for a while figured out that wasn't really the thing i'm not good with tests or <laughs> just you know being in like long hours and then i always thought that education was just you know testing your memory per se now, I'm not saying that education is wrong because that's also a big, opens opportunities, but also I was more into trade, you know, working on my hands, uh, wanted to be a mechanic, didn't work out, found out I didn't like being dirty and mechanics are always dirty, yeah. unfortunately. So I figured out, you know, desk job is cool. I like helping people. And then that kind of transitioned to all sales door to door and then figured out I didn't necessarily need a college degree to do what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. It's always helpful, but just having a good network and then just being persistent. If you want to make money in the stock market, you go do it, right? Yes, you build a little plan, but if you never get started, you're never going to grow the money. So that's the biggest thing there. It's like I have people that have degrees and they're working like, you know, same job I am. They have a master's, you know, they're still, you know, in school and they're still, they're like at the same job as me. You know, sometimes I make more because it's commissions based or it's just like, Hey, I I don't even like my degree. I'm thinking of switching it. Mm -hmm. It's like, you're already about to graduate. You want to switch now? (laughs) So I just think, you know, it wasn't for me. I'm indecisive. I can never figure out what I want to eat. So just imagine picking a degree, right? So that that's the way I think. Yeah, you're the guy holding up the line at the fast food place, trying to decide which. Uh, yes. Which well, before I, in the car drive, that's where I'm like, wait, do I want eat canes? <laughs> do I want Jack? All right, I'm set on Jack. We're pulling up to Jack. Never mind, I want canes. You know, <laughs> comes with the whole meal. So that's my thing. And then in school, you know, it's always networking. You know, I, I met some professors that told me like, hey, you're smart. You know, why aren't you doing better in class? I'm like, well you know, tests I don't get, or I don't like studying, you know, I just don't have enough time. I have a family. So it's like life just caught up to me too. So I just thought like, Hey, let me do my own thing. Let me work it out. If I do need school, I do have it as back. Right. So that's always my fallback. It's kind of hard to say, right. School is my fallback plan. (laughs) But with what I'm going through, I see myself, you know, my portfolio is growing. So that's always good. I say I'm rich on paper because I don't have any exits, unfortunately, but once it all goes up, I'm meeting new people from like San Francisco, New York. You know, they want to fly me out to meet them. I'm like, yeah, let's go. But I can't even afford the dinner yet. Right. So I don't want to show up and be like, you're paying for everything. So that's my thing. But uh, just patience, you know, nobody gets uh, overnight success. They say a 10 year overnight success. Right. So yeah. I'm still fairly young. They say the best time to start is always now. And I took that to heart. 
Awesome. So you started off wanting to be a mechanic. You mm-hmm. realized you didn't want to get all dirty. And then what was, I guess, what was the next plan after that? Was it this? Is this what you want to jump in? Or did you go through a couple other you know, ideas and, and hurdles before you got to where you are now? Yeah, I went through a lot of hurdles. Uh, so right after high school or college, right, I went to selling direct TV. Kind of known here in Arizona, you know, yeah. selling some services. And then I got an opportunity to like start like a solar company with a group of people. It was it was cool, but it's all commission based, mm-hmm. you know, door to door, and then the the Rona hit, right? So it's a lot of people weren't opening doors necessarily. So that was a hard part. And then I saw like it wasn't consistent. Got another opportunity where I could sell alarm systems, but again, it's still door to door. So it was just like a big hurdle. And then I found out, hey, those connections I made are still lasting me. Let me go somewhere I can at least make a good check, and then still do my own thing. Yeah. So that's where I went. I'm right now currently still selling uh, home services, but that's just my vehicle to get to where I want to be. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest way I see it. Gotcha. And so where did the idea come from to start up Based Ventures? Yeah, so I started investing back in 2019. I uh, kind of got funneled in those ads like, hey, do you want to become a millionaire? I was like, yeah, you know, I'll watch <laughs> it. Set it up, sent my email, and then they sent me a couple emails. I was like, okay, this looks interesting. And then I bought the product, right? Uh, it was a one-year subscription or, or it was a life subscription, right? So I kind of, I would say I got a good deal. And then I found out the websites to actually raise private companies. So it's like Republic.co, WeFunder, StartEngine. Started, you know, just seeing what they have out there. And I found out like, wow, these are companies I'm kind of hearing about. They're bringing innovation. How could I jump in this? Found out that there's a limit to what people can invest if you're not accredited. Yeah. So I was like, okay, so I see that drawback. Because let's say I have $10,000 in my bank account and I want to throw that in. Legally, I can't. Yes, you can. You might get in trouble. Might not just because you're very small. So it just all depends, right? And then also founders. Uh, my biggest thing is like, let's support the people that don't have the supporting or that just get overlooked. Me being a minority, I always got overlooked for whatever reason. And then right now in Silicon Valley, you see female founders not getting the funding they need or LGBTQ now, uh, minorities, of course, immigrants. And a lot of times it's just like, why? Who knows? Um, or they just don't have like the, the entrepreneurship, right? A lot of people don't see that female founder being able to take that company from ground to IPO. And I just think like, that's not necessarily true. If you, I see that you're driven, I can see that if the company was about to go under, you could somehow save it. Hey, I'm with you. You know, I believe in founders and their mission. Cool. The reason I started it really was I want to create generational wealth while being in the innovation space and then also taking per se control my own finances. Right. Mm -hmm. Stock market is good to make money, but it's always better before the stock market. Yeah. That's my thing. So, so give us a little bit more of a dive into base ventures, like what it is exactly, what makes you different. You talked about a few things that you've you've seen in the industry that you try mm-hmm. to do differently, um, some drawbacks for people. So tell us a bit more about you know what you guys do mm-hmm. and what makes you stand out. Yeah, so one man army, myself. Uh, what makes us stand out? Well, one, I'm young, right? A lot of people will either take the meeting or they will just deny the meeting. Yeah. So that's a big first step, and then also I have an edge where I'm also in the market. Everybody's trying to target. Right. You don't make a new company to target older people, unfortunately, unless that's like, you know, your main target. A lot of startups are, you know, EV, solar, you know, uh, non-meat foods. So it's like I'm the market that they're also looking for. So I could bring that like, hey, I actually bought your product before you even started raising funds. I like it or hey, it tasted too salty. You say you have no salt. I don't believe you. Things like that. And then also I became a big fan of the founder. So the biggest thing for me is that, you know, even though we never met, I know you. I've had the chance where I share their things all the time. And they're like, hey, you popped up a couple of times. Do you, do you want to work with us? And that's where one of the companies I'm working with right now kind of mentioned the wealth community. I've invested in back in 2019. They did another raise uh, this year. And they might IPO this year through an app, T0. So it might be the first exit. So it's very exciting. And then I just became their biggest uh, like cheerleader, I say, right? And then they were like, hey, do you want to come on board? We could figure something out. I'll help you become where you want to be. Because the biggest thing for an investor or VC is you need a track record. Yeah. Right. You can't say, hey, I know how to turn this to this if I can't prove it. And then with me, I'm not accredited. Uh, I don't have like the net worth per se or the resources, they say. So they look at me and they're like, well, 
I would throw money at you, you know, to help your fund. I would uh, be an LP in your fund, but I just need that like extra assurance that you're not just going to waste my money. And then my portfolio is, I want to say like all good. I haven't had a company go under, but it's the exits that people look for, unfortunately. Right. Mm -hmm. And then with the company I'm currently in, he's raised profitably roughly around five uh, uh, campaigns that maxed out. He's been on Forbes. He's trying to make a Robin Hood for real estate. So he's he has the credibility, right? And he said, well, I'll join you as an advisor to give you that extra push where it's like, hey, stop looking at him or his flaws. There's someone higher that knows what they're doing, right? Or that's in the experience. And the way I wanted to break into it, it's like you don't have to be from the space. You could just come in, learn the, the trade, actually learn the process and do it properly. Then you don't necessarily got to have the net worth. You don't got to necessarily have the track record. It helps. I've had people that invested in base ventures because they believe in my mission. Mm -hmm. And our biggest thing is we support founders, not the product. Because if the product is the only thing that sells, if that product gets copied, what is the founder going to do? Hmm. Is he going to be able to maneuver? Is he going to be able to take that product and make it better? Or is he just going to be like, well, hey, someone beat us to it. Let's, let's do a different thing. That's not what I look for. If I see that the product's not selling so good, but the founder's pushing it, and it's at least profitable, hey, I believe in the, in the founder. Because I know if that product goes out of market, they're going to do something different, innovation. Yeah. And that's, what, that's the biggest thing that stands out for us. If you don't have a track record, but the founder is very like adamant, they're very passionate, that's usually what I would invest in. Yeah. But I, of course, you know, I want to make something profitable. But the biggest thing is the founder. That's interesting because a lot of people look, you know, at the product when they're deciding whether to invest in something. Mm -hmm. uh, but like you said, you know, if someone copies something, then it, it takes a lot of the value away. So looking at the founder kind of gives you a bit more confidence, yeah. a bit more backing in your investment. What are some things that you look for that you, you know, tell people to look for when they're deciding who to invest in and, and what sort of qualities should they look for in a founder? Mm -hmm. See their traction. You know, if they, don't, if they have a good social media following, if they don't, that's also fine. But as long as they're, you know, active on LinkedIn, Twitter, you know, if they reply to the people that comment, that's the biggest thing. You know, if the founder is not in touch with the community, how does he even know what's going on? Or is it the CTO that's on their community? So that's what I look at too. And then also what stage are they in? Right now, my I've been pre-seed, so very early, so very risky. But I also trying to get now into later stages. So they at least IPO immediately. There's less gains, but it's also more concrete you know it's like buying apple right it's kind of expensive but you know it's always going to go up yeah so that's the biggest thing and then also just more you know is it a product that you would use because if they came out they ipo'd do you think your friend would use it or is it food if it's like a food thing it's a saturated market is it something new are they bringing something new to the table yes no okay cool now it's like Cool, you at least answered those questions. Let's talk about the founder. You have a one-on-one -on -one with the founder. Send them a private message on LinkedIn like, hey, could we hop on a you know, five-minute call? They open your message. They see you on scene. You don't necessarily got to be buddy-buddy with the founder. But if you know you got one founder that didn't reply to you, someone says, no, I don't have time, I might go with the one at least replied. Or like, hey, yeah, let's hop on a call. What do you want to talk about? Now, if you do get that, it might be a little shocking because you're like, oh, okay. He was, okay. Now you at least got to know what you want to ask them. So my first thing, if I do get on that call, I'm like, where do you want to take the company? Or I always say, what do you need from me? If they say like, I just need the capital. Okay. So you might be just digging for money. Why do you need the money? Are you going under? Do you, are you getting it for the beta? Are you getting it for, cause you're trying to pay back people. And then also what kind of raise it is. Is it debt? Are you getting equity or are you getting like an interest loan? So like every year it compounds more. So it's more like, what do you want? I tell people, if you angel invest or anything like that, just say you lost your money. Invest with the money you don't have or have, but you don't mind losing. Yeah. Because it's always riskier. I say, if you want something safe, go to the stock market. You're going to get slower gains. If you want something higher risk, more gains, angel invest. And then also you find a whole community. You know, you try to go stocks. I mean, you download an app, you could buy your own stock. You go on Republic Co., you make a website, some people start following you, and they, they're also investors, so you see exactly what they're doing. You could kind of meet up with those also investors, and then you're like, oh, hey, this founder is doing this. Check him out instead of this guy. This guy, this is like his third try at this. You don't want to do that. 
or you have some founders that actually are on a board seat, but they can't say it. So they give you little inside scoops, kind of like insider trading, but not trading, right? So that's always thing. Just make a connection with the founders, investors, and actually see if they have a good contact. Because if you can't even contact the founder and you're an investor and you're a client, well, I mean, you're, you're, you're just numbers to the guy or to the woman, right? So that's the biggest thing. Just make sure you could have at least have a contact if they're active with your community. Traction, contracts is always good. And if they're in debt, that's the biggest things I look for. And what kind of raise it is. So Gabriel, with, you mentioned earlier that you didn't have the net worth, you didn't have the track record. Um, what did you do to inspire the trust? Mm-hmm. Uh, being young, not having the tracker, not having the net worth. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk to us about you know what you did to instill that confidence in others that you know made them willing to work with you. Yeah. So first, uh, you know, when you first start, you got to start somewhere, right? So make a couple investments. And then actually see what you invested in. I will admit it. My first investment, I just trigger happy. Didn't know what happened. And then they sent me some merch and I was like, oh, okay, cool. And then the biggest thing for me was just starting investing, talking to the founders. Uh, hey, I had calls with you. You know, how did you come about, right? Some of these founders are first time. They're sometimes also young. With me, it's just showing that I know what I'm talking about. Or just my mission is also paired with theirs. So they kind of gave me that trust. And then I proved that, hey, I know what I'm talking about. Here's my whole portfolio. Okay, I see that these companies raised again at a higher valuation. So that's why I say I'm rich on paper because my money keeps going up, but I can't liquidate it. So showing that at least the numbers are going up, that's always good for them. And then also me being young, I've also talked with other young people and they're like, it's, it's, a, it's bittersweet because people want young people because they're like all edgy and all this are like hey we can talk to you you know you know the market and it's like oh you don't even know you don't have a degree so how do you know how to invest well i'm like well you know i got vivid solar you know 100 stocks and then they sold i mean is that good enough and they're like <laughs> well they're like yeah that you know it's a good track record but we want multiple exits and then i've noticed that like with smaller vcs that are also trying to start off they never kicked off the ground because they just never they never went the whole way because the same way that I get, you know, hey, you're too young. You don't have a track record. Now come back when you have at least five exits. All those negativities, they got to them. To me, I'm like, cool, I, I did door to door. Slam the door as many times as you want. I'll keep coming up, you know. And then people saw that perseverance, I think. And then they were like, okay. Regardless what happens, he's still going to be trying to push this. And his portfolio is growing. What's missing with this guy? The founder that put me in currently with his uh, community, he said, you only need an exit. Once you have that exit, you, your portfolio is still growing. People will throw money at you. You just don't have the track record. Not because you haven't chosen the right thing. It's just time. You're just, you're just young. So they tell me, like, hey, keep waiting. Once that exit goes, I mean, you have already, already have a following of founders that trust me because I downloaded their app. I invested in them. I've also given them, how do you say, like advisement to them, right? Like, hey, change this. And it's worked. Sometimes they do do it and they're like, oh, hey, you know you told us that? that A lot of people actually like that. That's cool. So I've also been like approached like, hey, do you want to be a CTO? Yes, no. Yes, because, you know, I want that title, whatever. But no, because it's like, I, I don't know what I'm doing there yet. I don't want to take a position that I wouldn't necessarily succeed. But I do want to take a position that I don't know of just so I can learn it, right? I mean, nobody in my family has been a VC. I've been learning as I go. Some people tell me like, hey, dude, you, you're almost about to do something illegal. Oh, really? Why? Hey, here's, here's the things. Okay. Okay, gotcha. Now I see. Okay. So now I figured out like always lawyer up, right? You have any question, throw the 50 bucks to the lawyer. It's always going to be better $50 than a couple of thousand. <laughs> For sure. So it, also just knowing what to do. If you have any questions, go to the right person. Um, founders are always busy. So go to the actual investors that are you know, accredited that have that track record or that have that community like, hey, we want you to invest in our company. Okay. You know, I'm there, but why do you want me? Oh, because you could at least bring this type of community and you know this founder. So some people know me because I know the founders or the founder has shouted me out in their company or we've had one-on-ones and they've shown the screenshots and I'm like, I think, I think that was me. So people just see like, oh, this guy's actually in the industry. He's actually doing something. So I think that also showed the trust because 
you know, founders that do do a good raise, that do max out or sell out, those are always on the news. Those are always flashed on the website like, hey, he sold out, join the waiting list. You go down, you see my name, they're like, oh, he invested, you can follow me on that page. So they saw my whole portfolio, I have a website where it just shows everything, my whole mission statement, and then pretty much just being there for the founder. You know, if he needs some assistance, hey, I'll, let me do the heavy lifting. I know you got a lot more things. You probably have a hundred investors emailing you. Just shoot me a text when you can. But this is my input. He saw it. Cool. That's fine. Let me share his profile or let me share the current post he did. Just giving them value without them needing to ask for it. I think that gives me the most trust in them. For people listening that maybe don't have much of a background with investing, I know you mentioned a couple of words that you know not everyone might be familiar with, right. like angel investor, accredited investors, VCs. Do you mind just kind of going over a couple of these terms um, yeah. for everyone to give them a little bit of a better understanding there? Yeah, so angel investing is usually tied into like private companies, private companies that are not on the New York Stock Exchange or you can't buy any type of stock. Usually they're valued at under a couple million or under 100 million. Uh, the ones I typically go are a couple million, like uh, valued at five, seven. I think the highest one I ever invested in was like a hundred million. But that's because I believe the product or it was like the second round. Now, uh, angel investing could also be with private equity investing. It could go either or just because it kind of falls along the same line. Because equity is just you're, you're getting equity, obviously. Angel investing, you could get a couple equity, the interest where, you know, every year it gives you 8%. Or you get subscription-based, where mm-hmm. you get like fake shares, per se, because it's not listed anywhere. But you get paid at like a dividend for that little portion gotcha. for holding. And then, of course, accredited. There's a couple ways you could get licensed. That's what I'm looking at right now. Uh, having 200000 two years back-to-back. And then the third year, you're about to get it again. Or having like a million worth of assets. Mm-hmm. So it's not everybody's game, yeah. right? But there's ways, the licenses, that makes it where anybody could join. But at least with the license, you, you could do a lot more things because like, hey, here's my license. I could charge. I could do this because I actually took the test and I know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Now, people that just have the assets, well, they can invest as much as they want. but They can't necessarily charge or they can, but it's going to be disclosure like, hey, he doesn't have his license. He's charging you because his track record. Gotcha. So there's like laws and regulations around um, investing and having to be a, an accredited investor in order to do so? Yeah. Okay. So for example, like the biggest thing I saw, you know, when you first start investing, if you make less than like 50000 a month or a year, you can only invest like maybe 1000 at most per year. And the average, let's say you do make fifty, some people have like 5000 saved up, right? Usually they say like six months. So it just all depends. Let's say you wanted to start today. Legally, you can't invest all the money you want to invest. So you kind of got to start slow. Now, some campaigns, they require 500 to invest or some 100, right? Or some even 1,000. Now, if me making 50,000, I want to participate as much as I can. I might just have that one company that required 1,000 or two companies that require 500. So my biggest thing is I want to become an ETF for those angel funds because I want to give it to the investors and the founders. That's my priority, right? Eventually, I want to open my whole thing where I do only uh, public raises so everyday people could open, buy my stock before it gets on the New York Stock Exchange because that's my whole mission. Helping the people that don't get represented, don't have necessarily a voice, or just they don't want to get like what they call like a dump, uh, pump and dump, right? Mm-hmm. And then for those that don't know, of course, there's like, you know, they raise up the hype. Once you buy, they sell out. So the people that bought high are left hanging yeah unfortunately so are you right now able because i know it's like your mission but are you able to allow people that are non-accredited investors to invest or is that just what the kind of the goal that you're working towards yeah so uh yes but i'm not accepting like investments just because i want to make sure i at least could offer something good Mm -hmm. right because i wouldn't i mean i wouldn't invest in my company just per se because it's just right now there's no profit it's just investments in the bank yeah right i haven't cashed any in um, also, I could only accept a certain amount and I got to legalize it for an unaccredited investor to invest. Now, if you are accredited, hey, shoot me all the money. It's your money. You know, you could throw money as much as you want to any company. You, you legally don't have a limit. But that pretty much be it. Just I want to give it to the people 
let's say within a year, you could either go like WeFund or Republic. You're gonna you're gonna see me raise there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just picking which one is which. Yeah. The hardest part is just who has the lower fee, right? Who has a better community for what you're trying to push? That's what you know. Republic is more community based. WeFunder, it's an older company, so a lot of people know it. So older people are on there per se. So it's just like, where would your company raise the most amount of money? So that's where I'm figuring out. And then I also have opportunities where I could raise small amounts within the communities that I'm in. But those would be like contingent on certain milestones that I would have to hit. And that's what I'm working on. So I could at least show, hey, I could hit milestones that people give me. And I got them as advisors. Do you find yourself spending more time cleaning your pool than you spend swimming in it? Then you need to get in touch with Flamingo Pools. Flamingo Pools is your go-to swimming pool maintenance and repair company in the East Valley. Whether it's weekly maintenance, repairs, green-to-cleans, or one-time cleanings, Flamingo Pools is there to take care of you. Here's a few things that makes Flamingo Pools stand out from the crowd. When you first sign up for service, they'll give you a free complimentary inspection of the pool to make sure everything is running smoothly. They'll also email you a service report with a picture attached after every visit so you know when your pool has been cleaned. They also offer a mineral treatment, which will keep your chemical levels down, allowing you to have a healthier bathing experience. At Flamingo Pools, they know that your pool was made to be enjoyed, so let them handle the rest. Check them out at azflamingopools.com or give them a call at 480-422-6013. Mention this podcast and get your first month of weekly maintenance free. That's azflamingopools.com and 480-422-6013. So when it comes to capital, you said you, you talk to you know founders about what they need the capital for. What are some, I guess, the most common and most beneficial reasons that people need to raise capital for their business other than just you know getting started in startup funds? Right. So a lot of time it's like to hire the right team, right? Like, hey, engineers, they're expensive. Right? Yeah. They go to school for a reason. Or like, hey, we have an engineer. He doesn't have exactly what we need. He's, he doesn't make apps. An app engineer takes 10000 maybe. You know, or we need this money to build the app. We have everything. Or we need the money to you know, hire a good CEO. Mm-hmm. Or we need the money to have like that. Because let's say they're raising a, like for a bank. We need the money just so we could put an investment, yield it up so our people could use like a credit card. Or we need the money so we could start production which is like the worst idea because it's like, so you haven't started anything, but you need my money. Okay. Well, where is this going? Right. So those, so it's just more like it could be anything really like, Hey, we need the money because you know, we're going under that. That's always scary. But like, are they going under because they have a lot of investors or because their product's not selling? So that's just like a more segue. Okay. Don't get discouraged. Right. Like, why are you going under? Is it someone else kind of copied you and they're doing better? We'll mm-hmm. copy them, you know, copy them back. So, Gabriel, how has uh, the TV show, TV show Shark Tank influenced your industry? Oh, yeah. So, uh, Robert, right? Yeah. Uh, he was uh, the funnel that kind of got me uh, started into everything. He, I guess he might, I don't, I don't want to quote, right? He teamed up, I want to say, with Neil Patel. Um, him and then John or Robert, they were like, hey, you should become an angel investor. Do you want to invest like a shark? And then me watching Shark Tank, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, they're, they're giving out millions. I don't think I'll give out millions, but they're like, you don't need millions. Start with a hundred. Yeah. I was like, yeah, you know, by all means. I mean, Robert's wealthy. The other guy, I mean, he's with Robert in, in, in a yacht. So I'm guessing he's doing good. Did the whole thing, you know, got some knowledge from them. And then, you know, with Shark Tank, it influences in a way where it's like people know what the whole angel investing is. They just don't know what it's called Hmm. or like they see it every day but they don't know how it works like yeah on shark tank they close the deal cool what's next right some people are like did those deals really go through sometimes they fall just because at the end of the day like the owner didn't have the equity to give or the other partner that has also say he's like no you should have called me mid mid episode or something you know or they're also like hey i saw that company on there they're also raising on Start Engine. Okay, so they kind of got like free ad, but they also got an investment from like Kevin, let's say, right? Kevin's big on Start Engine. You, you hop on Start Engine, you kind of get an investment from Kevin. So you, you indirectly, you know, go through them, right? Shark Tank is just more like you kind of apply it to a bigger process. I would say it's like the Harvard of crowdfunding. You know, you got to the top, 
you're sitting with the people that could give you all the things that just don't blow it so it, it's cool i learned a lot of things how to negotiate what kind of questions to look out for you know red flags right like kevin o'leary you know his biggest thing is you know royalties right so it's just more like how do i invest to make sure i get my maximum profit and then also you know the different investors on there right robert's usually more heart kevin of course all of numbers you know barbara and lauren lord other kind of you know hey could i make that product you know shine yeah you know mark is more technical so it's like they give you all the resources there it's just like you also got to know who you want to be right like if i go with mark he's not going to help me in the food industry per se he might have some food investments but kevin he he's running this bakery thing i could just sneak in there and then boom my, my product's in the market so it's just knowing you know who you should really get the capital from because not all money is good money i've learned that some people are gonna be like, "Hey, I gave you ten thousand last, you know, last year. I, I'm I'm waiting for my check, you know, or like, hey, I'm a, I'm gonna bash you out. Like, I think you lost my money. It's like, well, we we haven't, or like, no. It's like, just calm down, sir. Like, you know, we're we're going under, or like, hey, we're gonna do another raise. We'll we'll pay you out then. And I've also seen where like some founders don't want to put an update, not because they're not excited for the updates, just because then they get bombarded by all these investors. Like, hey, what are you doing? Did you not read the update? So it's just more hassle for them. So I found out that just to reach out to them personally is always going to be the best way. If they post an update, just like it, say congrats. If you have questions, they usually have a link like, hey, email me here, set up a call here. But as as I feel, not everybody reads everything. Everybody's impatient. They want to click. They want to start talking. And that's what I noticed. And what percentage of the angel investors that you're working with have a say in the business as opposed to they're just silent investors and just giving money? So I want to say it just depends where you want to be at, right? So I have friends that invest low amounts or high amounts. And someone, one of my friends invested 10000 into a company. He has no say whatsoever. He can't even talk to the founder. <laughs> now, there's another one where he, he invested like 200 500 and he talks to the founder every day. So it's just more what would you want to do, right? Like with me... I can't give you a thousand, ten thousand all the time, but hey, I can at least be on your, you know, Twitter liking your page. Let me be that type of help. Or like, hey, what is some daily tasks you don't want to do? Let me handle it. Throw me some equity. Let me just help you make my investment grow. Because if I invested in the company, Apple, of course I'm gonna buy Apple products. Why wouldn't I? If you have McDonald's stocks, you might not buy McDonald's, but it's never going anywhere. That's why I would say invest in the things you would use. Because you don't want to be walking around and be like, oh, I invested in that, but it's ugly, you know? <laughs> yes, you might have those investments just because you know they're going to be making money. So that's the biggest thing. Just make sure that if you can make your voice heard to the founder, they're going to hear you. And then if you want to help them make a change, you make it adamant. Like, hey, I don't like this button on the app. I don't like this button on the every other post, right? Eventually, they're going to like it. And then you'll be like, what do you mean? Or like, what don't you like? Or what could be better? They always reply like, what, what's better? Or like, how, how could I help, right? So it's just like, make yourself known. If you really want something in that company to change, you can make it happen, right? There's always those, what we call, I guess, Karens, right? Like, hey, I'm going to call your boss. Like, a lot of people be like, no, don't. And then if they do, they're like, hey, you know, we have some lady complain. And it's been heard, right? So it's just more, the louder you are, the more you can be heard. That's the biggest thing there. You mentioned with Shark Tank that there's you know different ways. So when you invest your money in exchange for that, sometimes it, it looks like a loan. Sometimes it's equity. Like you mentioned, I think Kevin likes to get the royalties. Um, and then you mentioned like as an investor, you obviously want the best return that you can get. Right. But whoever the founder is uh, wants you know what's best for them as well. So what does that conversation kind of look like to find you know the the method that works best for both parties? Is there like a most popular um, exchange that usually works for both people or is it like pretty dependent on on the investment and on the company and on the founder yeah so for example if you go like on we republic the terms are already set out right so you can't really change the terms mm -hmm. now if they're reaching out to you it's already your game you can set up terms now if they say hey give me ten thousand for this no i'll give you five thousand uh, at a lower valuation and then you know be quiet right if they say no okay cool what's your counter or like hey i like your terms 
but I don't I don't necessarily want equity. I don't I don't see this company as long term for me. But I love your company. I like the mission. Let me give you the money. Give me a dollar for every you know product you sell, and then I'm out. If you want to come back at me again, then there we go, right? So you just figure out what you want, the yeah. investor, right? If they reach out to you, then it's the investor. If you're reaching out to the founder, that's their game. Kind of see what they've been offering. Try to object them, right? But like the Shark Tank too, right? You're there for them. They, they give you a counter. They usually don't want another counter. Now, they know that they could play game. They'll, they'll counter, right? So it's just more who's who did that first step. Yeah. Now, if you go on a website, all the terms are there. There's sometimes what they call early bird terms. So the first come, first term, they get a lower valuation. They may get some merch. They may get, you know, 20% more stock. So it's just more, you got to be first, come first, serve always. And then if you call the founder, just make sure you, you're you okay with the terms that you've seen. Now, if you're going in there, you know, hardballing and you know that you're, you're the man, then yeah, you know, go in there and be like, hey, I didn't like the terms you gave, but I got the money. I like your mission. Could we do a lower, you know, valuation? No? Okay. Could you meet me halfway? No? Okay. Well, I did I did reach out to you, right? Or you reached out to me. So you obviously need the money if you're reaching out to me. Or you need my expertise. So for me to come on board, lower the valuation, or I'm going to give you less money. Or I just won't give you any money. Now, if you're reaching out to the founder, they don't necessarily need you. Unless they're like, hey, we need you know investors, reach out to us, whatnot. Right. That's when you can kind of bargain. So I'd just know in your place, right? Like home field advantage. If you go there, you usually don't have a field advantage. Hmm. That's a good way of looking at it. That's the way I see it, yeah. I know this is probably pretty subjective, but when it comes to, to the ROI, getting the return on your investment, what what are some, you know, baseline numbers that you typically like to look at and that, you know, anyone that's looking to invest, what they should what should they kind of be looking for in terms of those numbers? Yeah, so what they should look for, it just depends what, what kind of portfolio you want, right? Like with stocks, to make it super simple, do you want to grow stocks, right? Do you want, you know, to hold Amazon and hope they go to $6,000 or, you know, dividend split or sorry, stock split? Yeah. Or do you hold Coca-Cola because they're going to pay you every month? Mm-hmm. You know, kind of know what investor you want. Now, if you're a little bit of both, cool. Right, so go in there and then be like, okay, cool. I like this one. I like this project. I want at least a five always times five now the riskier it is i try to aim for at least a 10 because it's already at a 1 million valuation so if they don't get to 10 million then i'm i just did a bad investment right now if they're like higher valuation like let's say a hundred thousand it's going to be harder to get a hundred you know 10x so 5x is always good so also knowing where you're going in like if they're about ipo obviously you're not going to get a 10x right you might get like a maybe four three two they say baseline always do a 2x but of course, I say if you made your money back and some, and you enjoyed the ride, you win. Now, if your whole thing is you're trying to get rich, then you won't, you can obviously aim for the higher ones. But then at that point, you kind of know which companies are going good, because all the other companies, you know, like Sequoia is another VC, big VC. You know, they're obviously already invested in there, so you can see like, hey, Sequoia is not going to let their thirty million dollars go to waste. So I'll hop in there. Those terms are going to be higher, so your returns going to be very low. You might need to put like a thousand dollars to participate so that's just the backflow so just knowing like the higher the risk the more x that you could get and then also if you're going in earlier just make sure you could at least get 10x that's always the biggest thing awesome do you would you say that investing is for everyone or do you think it takes a certain person a certain mindset in order to kind of get into the investing game uh it could be it for everybody right it takes a mindset to know what you want to do because a lot of people, they'll see the red, they'll panic sell, right? Yeah. Or they see the stock, oh, it went up 30 cents, I'm going to buy, buy. Right. Right. Or like, hey, they're seeing the price go up and then they bought high and then it just dropped and then, you know, they, they just down, you know? So you just got to have a good mindset, understand that it's all cycled. Regardless what anybody says, it's always going to go up and down. If it's down, I, I don't want to say it goes up all the time, but it's going to peak eventually, right? And then also investing is for everybody. And also not, if you don't have your own mind, if you can't control your own emotions, then it's, it wouldn't be for you, but you could also learn to control your emotions, right? Mm-hmm. You could grow your mindset. It's just more, can you take the, the red days? If you got profited a thousand that one day, are you going to cash out? Or are you going to be like, okay, now it's 2000 the next day. So it's just more like, what would that person need? Yeah. 
because the people that get lottery tickets, obviously they're not investing. <laughs> they're trying to get that, you know, instant gratitude. Uh-huh. So, you know, if they invest in Coca-Cola, they might sell the next day if it's at 55 and they bought it for 54. That's not investing per se. Yes, you made a dollar, but it's long term or short term. All right. So it's just more if you have patience, investing is for you. If you don't, then just stick to gambling, right? Because, you know, that, that's what I would say because it, it's a chance game too. Mm-hmm. No, the emotional toll, uh, it's it's remarkable. Yeah. Right. The the real time making and or losing money in investments, the emotional toll is something that has to be reckoned with for sure. At the beginning of our podcast, you mentioned that you have a commitment to reach some of the underserved communities, minorities, women, etc., younger people. Mm-hmm. Um, and you mentioned founders specifically. Right. Are you also targeting uh, investors in that same population? Yeah. So my target, right, uh, my company's target would be the founders mm-hmm. and investors. Obviously, right now I'm targeting founders because that's who I could actually make an impact for because I could fund them investors would be the phase two right okay. that's when i would give the hey invest in my company here's the shares for all these founders that i support and then the next step would be like for the everyday person hey do you want to learn about investing join this community or just invest in my company we have this like etf style right they say the safest invest investments are etfs sp500 things that just have a bunch of things in one so that's what I want to create. Just a bunch of angel investments that we have some unicorns. A unicorn is a billion dollar company, right? Mm-hmm. So being able to say like, hey, I have a stock in this guy. He has like eight unicorns. Like I, I know it's always going to at least pay me a dividend or it's going to go up eventually. So that's my biggest thing right now would be founders. Make sure they get funded or at least able to get funded, right? If I give them some money, I'm going to share the hell out of them. Make sure that someone else gives them money because if I believe in them, it's for a reason. I don't just believe in people for no reason, right? And I think that's for everybody. So correct me if I'm wrong. I just want to make sure I understand the whole process and timeline. So yep. step one right now, you're just investing in with founders. And is that with your personal funds Yeah. right now? Yeah, I'll and, bootstrapped. Okay. And then you're you're going to build up that portfolio. And then eventually you'll allow you know other investors um, and maybe non-accredited investors to then give you their funds to invest in you. And that includes that portfolio of investors that you've connected with. Yes. Or that, sorry, not investors, those founders. You've connected yeah, with. the founders. And then uh, for, let's say I get on the website like Republic, right? Anybody could go in there. You just got to make an account. It's yeah. kind of like Robinhood. So it's accredited and for unaccredited investors. So you're going to see the accredited on the website and you're going to see the everyday Joes. Right. So that's where I would want to go because mm-hmm. that's like, hey, that's where both of my target audiences are. Yeah. And at least I could talk to them every day. I always compare it to like a Facebook, but it's where all the investors are talking to that company like, hey, you know, why are you making milk out of oats instead of almonds? You know, <laughs> or like, hey, I, the oats do taste better. You know, when can you come to my city? And then, you know, you could kind of go back and forth. And then you, I made connections on the website with investors. And they're like, hey, go to this platform. Meet this founder. He has the same kind of mission like you. I know you guys are going to, you know, kick it off. And yeah, I've had it where, you know, yes, I've you know talked to some founders. It's been cool. Like, hey, he introduced me to you. And they're like, oh, you know him? I'm like, yeah. Like, you're like 20 years younger than him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah. And then I've also had others where it's like, Oh, you're young. Like, nothing towards you, you know, son. They always call me son for some reason. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, no worries. You know, like, I've had the door shut on me. Ain't no problem to me. I'm just like, I know that one day it's going to be the other way around. Right? That That's the only thing that's always keeping me up. Like, patience is a virtue. I don't want to be, I always want to stay humble. If he ever comes back to me, like, hey, do you remember that one day? Okay, cool. All right, but let's talk business, right? Because I think holding grudges is just the worst for everybody. There's no need to. It's just that negativity in your mind. And then if he didn't want to give you money that day, maybe he just didn't have it. Or he was having a bad day. You just never know. It, it sounds like you've really been able to grow your network and, and meet a lot of people, especially founders, which can be huge down the road just to have those connections. Yeah. Um, just so far from you know the connections you've already made and observing some of these people and the, the decisions they've made and the things they've done with their business. Is there anything that you've seen just for our, our listeners, a lot of you know local business owners or people aspiring to own their own business, anything you've seen um, that has you know led to success for a lot of these founders that could be applicable to some of our listeners? 
Yeah. So don't spend so much time planning it, right? I think the biggest or the the biggest quote I always see, I think maybe Elian, they say he quoted it. It's like if you could do it in six years, try to do it in six months. Yeah, you, you might not be there, but you're gonna be way a lot faster. And then a lot of founders that I talk to, they're the biggest ones that make an impact. Let's do it now. Oh, you you want to talk about your product? You want to set up a one on one? We're talking right now. Let's talk about it right now. Yeah. Okay. Get like turn on your your video camera right there on Zoom. Or also just like making sure you know your market. That's the biggest thing. If you have a product, validate it, stress test it, do it back and forth at least three times. If it doesn't work, all right, what didn't work? And if it did work, why did it work so smoothly the first time? Was it lucky? Was it flawless? Okay, it was just lucky. But it's still flawless, right? Everybody's going to say their product's flawless. So just make sure that whatever you are doing, validate it. Validate it with people you don't know. Because the people that know you are always going to blow smoke at you, unfortunately, right? They're going to say, yeah, your food tastes good, mom. <laughs> you know, maybe not eat it. But just make sure you're talking to the right people. If that's not your target audience, don't talk to them. Talk to the opposite audience, right? The competitor is always good. See what they're doing. Oh, they don't have a home button. iPhone, right? Other phones are kind of coming in with the home button. That didn't stick. iPhone just made sure it went away. So now, obviously, no no back button, right? Buttons are coming useless now, unfortunately. So just kind of going with the flow, whatever the case is, just go with the flow, go where the traction is going, but don't just follow, like, the hype. That would be the biggest thing. Because if you follow the hype, eventually it's going to go down. And then did you just ride the wave for that time bit? Did yeah. you make your money? Cool. But are you doing it consistently? No? Okay. Well, stay on the trends, right? If you see one trend happen, try it out. If it doesn't work, cool. You're still on your day-to-day, right? You're still business plan. But you see a trend pop up. Oh, okay, they're getting influencers. Let me try that. Oh, that influencer didn't do good. Okay, cool. Why? Was it the influencer base? Or was it just because we got an influencer for the wrong product? Okay. So it's just, you know, always be open to ideas. If someone tells you like, hey, I think this can make you more money. Don't say no. Just be like, I think so. You know, take it. Okay. It didn't work cool now let's say you never tried it he does it for another company and it works of course you're gonna be mad right Mm -hmm. so that's why i say don't discredit anything right away always take a chance listen to the people that are your customers because they usually know better they say listen to the customer i don't believe that the customer is always right because they don't make the product they can say oh this product should be 30 bucks it costs 30 dollars to make it (laughs) that's why it's 70 you know so that's why it's always bittersweet. The customer's always right, and it, they're not always right. If it's a technology company, that person might not have a degree in technology, so of course they're not going to know. If they never cut a lawn in their life, and they're saying that this is off, well, sir, you have a slope right there if you didn't know. But just also be like, hey, I'm sorry, but if you notice there's a slope, so that's why it's a little off. But I know what you mean. Yeah, it's not even on my end, too. You know, just always say, like, yeah, you're right, but this, right, if they're wrong. It's always like lead with positive and then kind of stick it to them. Like, yeah, you, you're right, but you're also wrong, dude. Like, that, you, you didn't call the right company. Stop cussing me out. <laughs> you know, go call the right company. So that's the biggest thing. For new founders, I always say try something new. Follow the trends, traction, and then also just be a doer. If you have an idea, just, hey, I think this might make it. Just go ahead and try it. Just make sure it's not too costly, right? That's always the biggest thing. Awesome. Yeah, I love that advice. That's a lot of applicable things that our audience can take and, and take use into their own lives. Um, well, Gabriel, before we get closing up with you, we've got a, a quick little game we're going to play. Okay. Um, so how it's going to work is we've got a list of 20 questions that we're going to ask you, and you've got a minute to answer as many oh, of them man. as you can. <laughs> and we'll we'll see how you do uh, squared up against some of our other guests we've had on the show. Okay. Okay. All right. You want to go start us off yep. in three, two, one. Your dream vacation. Uh, Mexico. First thing you'd buy if you won a million dollars? Home. Favorite hobby? Uh, Investing. If there was an Olympic competition for everyday activities, what activity would you have a good chance at winning a medal in? Uh, Sleeping. What song you've been jamming to lately? Uh, First Order Business, Baby King. If you live to be 100, would you rather have the mind or the body of your prime self? Uh, Body. Your favorite holiday? My birthday. Favorite ice cream flavor? Uh, mint chocolate chip. Favorite fictional character? Uh, oof, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, Wolf of Wall Street. 
Because it's based off him, right? <laughs> Favorite smell? Ooh, pumpkin spice. What's right your now. nickname? Isaac Isak. Uh, pet peeve? Um, going back against your word. Your favorite restaurant? Oh, GRP right now. Pizza place. If you could switch places with someone for a day, who would it be? Warren Buffett. If you had to eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? Chicken. Uh, most ridiculous fact you know? Uh, we rebuilt the London Bridge in Arizona. <laughs> that, that I just learned that that was crazy. I was like, what? Pretty random, huh? Yeah, I was like, that's no way. And then they <laughs> let, they numbered the bricks one-on-one, or like numbered eyes. I was like, no way. Uh-huh. That's no way. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, good news and bad news. Good news is you did really good. Bad news is you're one away from the top score. You got 16. Dang, okay. And the top was 17, so pretty close. Okay, I appreciate that. Top say top three, right? Top two, yeah, you're in the top, top three. three. It's pretty impressive. Awesome. Well, great. Well, yeah, like I said, we've really enjoyed having you on um, and, and sharing all your advice with us about investing. Why don't you let our listeners know where they can you know, learn more about you, connect with you, follow your journey um, as you continue to you know, build up Based Ventures? Yeah, so basedventures.com. That's my website. Uh, you could kind of see what I offer there, pitch deck review. Uh, you could see my whole portfolio there. And then on About Us, that's my whole mission, right? And then Instagram, my personal Instagram, underscore GabrielBase. And then my company, just uh, based underscore ventures. And then Twitter, Gabriel Base underscore for Twitter. Cool, cool. And I know you have a special offer for our listeners. Do you want to go into that real quick? Yeah, so right now I'm part of uh, what we call the tribe. Uh, the biggest mission for the tribe is creating a million, making a million millionaires, right? So the way they want to do that is actually giving you the tools to be financial literate, right? Knowing how to invest your money, whether it be stocks, real estate, self-development, so there is a premium version. We do have a free version. If you go follow me, you could just hop on in there. Um, but for whoever you know could share a couple of my posts, I'm going to give you guys a free version, give you guys a whole shabam. But of course, I say go on the free version. Make sure it's something that you want. I don't want to give you something you won't use, obviously. But of course, if you're with it, hey, let's do it. You know, everybody can learn stocks. Real estate's booming right now. So let's make it happen. Awesome. Okay. Well, thanks again for coming on. We uh, enjoyed your time. Yeah, appreciate it. Yep. Thanks, Gabriel. Thank you. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening. Just a few things before we go. First off, if you or someone you know is an entrepreneur in the East Valley, we'd love to have you on the show. Please get in touch with us by emailing us at localhustlerspodcast at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram at localhustlerspodcast. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn for the latest news and updates. Also, if you enjoyed the show, please take a few seconds to rate and review and hit that subscribe button. It lets us know how we're doing and helps us grow so we can reach more locals, entrepreneurs, and help small businesses grow. Thanks, guys.